with authority. Aloha. Welcome to the most must listen show in various sports. This is ABC7 Sports with authority. Big news. The Giants have a skipper. Yeah, not much aloha in the introductory news conference. That was that was bizarre. I have seen police interrogations that have been uh, more warmly received than Gabe Kapler's first few minutes with the press in San Francisco. This was not a surprise given the history, but the tone of the first few moments. I mean, usually these things, they're not quite parades, but they're just filled with hope and optimism and the new guys coming in. And this was more like, where were you on the night of August 15th? I mean, it was it was tense at times. It sort of mirrored in a weird way the impeachment proceedings going on at literally the exact same time, which is not what you want when you, when you introduce somebody to yeah. your team. And, like, when they first sent the tweet out saying, Gabe Kapler's the guy, I mean, they instantly got ratioed. There was about 2,000 responses last time I checked, and not a lot of them are positive. Well, it's to be understood, and I think what's interesting here is that Farhan Zaidi, it was his call pretty much, and you could just imagine, given what the Giants have been through this past year with the Larry Bear uh, domestic abuse situation or alleged, whatever you want to call what that was, they knew that the choice of Gabe Kapler was not going to be warmly received. So what that tells me is that Farhan Zaidi having other options at his disposal he must have felt like this is my guy. This, I'm, I'm, Gabe Kapler is my ride or die, and that's what it came down to. I'm just surmising that based on logic. There's no other reason you would put yourself through this unless you totally believe that he was the right guy to take this organization to new heights. Yeah, and we'll get into why he is the right guy. This isn't all doom and gloom. I know we started off pure fire on this thing, and we do have an extended interview with Gabe Kapler coming up in just a moment. So if you're listening, it's not all doom and gloom. We're going to present why this is a good thing and maybe why this could be a bad thing for the Giants. But I think the reason they went with him is because they truly did believe, and by they I should probably say Farhan or to some extent the new GM Scott Harris, right. that he was absolutely the best guy for the job, that much better than the other people. And I think one of the main things that they saw in him was prior experience. He managed the Phillies. He did not have a great record with the Phillies. No. He got let go after just two years. So the track record isn't great, but having been a manager will help him this second time around. On top of that, you know, this is an analytic-driven team now. Farhan Zaidi, Scott Harris, they're going to come in every day like, here are your lineups, here are your matchups, here's how you should play these situations. What I think they see in Gabe Kapler is a guy that will build trust with the players, build relationships with the players, build relationships with the front office. I think they think those are his strengths because the X's and O's type stuff, I don't know if you really have X's and O's in baseball, but you get what I'm saying, yeah. are pretty much predetermined. They don't need a manager for that. Well, all of baseball has swung heavily in the favor of analytics, and you're an Oakland A's guy, and for years the criticism of, of Billy Bean has been that he's basically been managing the team from afar, and he, he decides who's going to play, how are we doing this platoon situation at first, or you know wherever in the outfield, and the manager is just there to execute his moves, uh, the, everything that Billy wants. And so there's 
a bit of a puppeteer-like feel to some of these things, and it's widespread in baseball now. Uh, the the Bruce Bochy types who I'm going to manage with my gut, you know. I mean, <laughs> those guys. There's only a, a handful left, and they're also some of the more expensive guys because they have World Series rings. This new breed, if you want to call it that, uh, the younger managers that are getting opportunities, it, it feels like ownership and management in baseball has decided these guys are just not that important. I'm not sure that's correct. I, I tend to think the opposite is correct yeah. because you, if you take the human element out, I, I think you run into problems. At the end of the day, everybody's – we're all humans. We – yeah, and, and you'll hear Kapler recognizes that based on some of his Philly experiences. He's learned that it's not just about what the, the digital readout says. Yeah, so I think that the relationships and the motivational factor and all the things behind the scenes, like you're not in the lineup today, here's why. The communication of that, you're going to be playing this position today, here's why. You're coming in this position in the bullpen, and here's why, is the most important thing a manager can do now. Be a counselor. Be somebody that can train people up. Be somebody that can explain why they're not being used today, even though they may think they're the best option. So I think that is really why they really see Gabe Kapler as the best option. He's a motivational guy. He's a smart guy. He did well with analytics when he was with Farhan in the Dodgers organization working in player personnel. Also, though, that is when a lot of the things came up in his past that were not very good. And that is why the press conference came off the way that it did. Now, to be fair to Kapler, we can recount these things and we can talk about exactly what happened because if you're not following this stuff super closely, you might say, hey, they got their guy. This is awesome. Why were people so fired up in this right. press conference? So we will quickly detail that, talk about it, and then we'll play the interview for you as well. But when Gabe Kapler was the Dodgers Director of Player Development in 2015, there was an incident. So a girl had been drinking with other girls and two Dodgers minor leaguers. One of them passed out in the hotel room. The other one apparently filmed as these two other girls beat up this other girl who was apparently a minor, 17 years old. The reason that they ended up getting heat, because when it came to Kapler, he, instead of running it up the chain or bringing it to the police instead asked if they could all sit down and have a lunch. I think he saw it as a learning experience. That's how he explained it. But this was a bit more of a sensitive issue. And I think in like a victim-type culture, you would see that as an intimidating thing, going to lunch with the players and the people, and, and you're not going to feel empowered in that situation. Yeah, he admitted, and I think almost everybody would agree at this point, it would be naive to think that that would be the solution to that particular scenario. But he did ultimately handed off to the Dodgers hierarchy and legal and the same thing with the, the second situation that you're going to document yeah. here. Um, I was surprised to learn that that he and his then wife had set up a, a domestic abuse foundation. So this is a situation that he would have been uniquely positioned to handle one which, would think which maybe is why he wanted to do the lunch uh, I know, possibly but, but it's just not the right way it to just, go about it just it just you know when you say okay I would have done things differently I would have called my mom which he said in the news conference when I heard that I was like oh this is just getting worse and worse uh, his his mother was running the foundation and so perhaps she could have provided guidance but I don't know that that's that's not the correct answer in that situation I mean it, the, the correct answer is 
we have a serious situation here in our organization. All hands on deck. We we've got to deal with run this. it right up the chain. Yeah, Alert uh, the proper uh, right, authorities and, and, and get everybody involved. Now, and I'll say this, and you and I have talked this out. When you're in a large organization, large company, things come up, and there's an HR person that deals with certain things. There's legal that deals with certain things. We've had to deal with certain things where once you let those who are in charge know what's happening. There's not a lot you can do to impact the outcome. It's kind of in the corporate hands, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that. So I'm, what I'm really surprised at is the Dodgers as an organization and Farhan himself, they have not been grilled nearly to the extent that we saw in this news conference. And I, I really think the organization as a whole is should be held more responsible than what we've seen to this point. Agreed. And it almost seemed like Farhan knew this had to come out eventually and had to be dealt with eventually. And he almost welcomed the opportunity to really take it on in this press conference well he started the news conference he did with because all he that. knew it had to happen well, and they had to know this was going to happen when they made the decision to hire Gabe Kaplan. so you want to get to the second so there are two one. other instances before we we get too far into the weeds here so another instance happened in 2015 a Dodgers minor leaguer accused of the act of sexual violence against a woman on the housekeeping staff apparently the way the story was told is he had made advances to her and eventually grabbed her at some point Kapler's response to that was to talk to the hotel manager. So again, same thing. Run it up the chain. Don't try to settle it on the the lower level and bury it. Like you think you have a responsibility. Well, especially when you've already been down this path before, one would think you would have learned from the first situation. But and then there was another instance where a group of players, including a top prospect not named in a Sports Illustrated report, were caught on surveillance confronting female guests, stalking, behaving strangely. So there was a pattern of behavior here. It wasn't just one incident, and I think that's why people were so up in arms with the decision. It showed a pattern of decision-making that could be considered pretty questionable. So if, if you want to look at um, the negative side of this hiring, you would say on multiple occasions... Gabe Kapler used very questionable judgment in dealing with off-the-field issues. That coupled with lack of success on the field. Yeah, 161 and 163 is the Phillies manager. Not winning when you just signed a $300 million player, and his only other time as a manager was in single A with the Red Sox organization. He was 58 and 81. So, again, we a losing come, record. come back to all of what I said in the beginning. It, it's puzzling as to why Farhan Zaidi felt like this is my guy. I'm willing to walk through the flames and deal with all of the controversy because I think ultimately he's going to be the right choice. Now, whether that turns out to be the case, we'll find out. And all this is in the past. They've hopefully learned a lot from it. And I think that you have to at least, I mean, it's tough, but you have to give Farhan some credit because what he's done since taking over everything's been pretty good so far so i mean he's shown that he has a track record of making good decisions he's just laying a lot on the line with this one his whole reputation i think is on the line if this goes south then people are going to point to him and say hey you were the one pushing for this Uh, the rest of us would have been happy with some of the other candidates Um, so we'll just have to see where it goes but so we've laid this whole thing out let's hear from the man himself ABC7's Chris Alvarez had a chance to talk with Gabe Kapler right after the introductory news conference. Gabe, welcome to San Francisco. Uh, congratulations on the job. Bruce Bochy, as he was going out, talked about, we asked him a lot about the next manager, and I asked him the question, why is this such a great job? And 
he said it's the best job in baseball there and to be a lucky manager. Your assessment, you haven't ha managed a game yet, but on, based on what yeah. Bruce said, how, what would you say? Well, I had a, an opportunity to have a lot of conversation or an extended conversation with Boach um, during the interview process, and I learned a lot about him. One of the things that, he, you know, he was just kind of playful about, like, he's a wine drinker, and <laughs> I'm a wine drinker too, and he yeah. said one of the greatest things about being the manager of the San Francisco Giants is there's wine accessible everywhere. <laughs> um, the other thing that he said is he was he was better his second time around. Mm -hmm. And that was an inspiring moment for him. And obviously, I'm gonna take every possible opportunity to, to spend time with Boach and, and learn from his experiences. I think that can only make me better. And it's gonna be impossible for me to, to fill Bruce Boach's shoes. Um, so, you know, taking the cues from him and the inspiration from him, I'm excited about applying some of the lessons that I've learned uh, as a manager of the Philadelphia Phillies and to, the, to being the San Francisco Giants manager. You grew up in a, in a day and played baseball where the analytics probably weren't as much of a thing as they really are prevalent right. now. How do you balance as a manager analytics, but also going with your gut? You know, as a player, yeah. there, there's something to that too. I think the, the way you balance it is by just as, as importantly as factoring in the tactical decision that you make when you have a lot of information, uh, you have to factor in the confidence level of the players mm -hmm. and weighting the confidence as heavily as you do the, the information. So if the matchup suggests that um, you have a better option to pinch hit for the, the batter that's going up to the plate. But you know that it's going to sap that guy's confidence that you pinch hit for, for for the next four, five, six, seven at bats. It might not be, you know, the, the five or 10% better that you get with, the, with the, the batter that you're using to pinch hit might not outweigh the confidence of the batter that you're pinch hitting for. So finding a way to, to respectfully balance those two, two things trying to weight them effectively and appropriately. I mean, that's the, the best thing we can do. It's not an exact science, certainly not black and white. Um, it's a challenge, but um, it's a challenge that I get really excited about. When you were a player, uh, what kind of manager did you like and how does that affect yeah. how you manage a game? I think the, the one thing that I liked about a manager is if they're even the same person every single day, I respected that. Um, and so it wasn't gonna, their personality types and their leadership style wasn't gonna fluctuate with whether I was 10 for 10 mm -hmm. or one for 40, right? Like I was gonna get the same person every single day. So I remember being in the dugout and looking down to the end of the bench and seeing Terry Francona. Mm -hmm. And he always had the same easygoing demeanor. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a very calming thing. So that's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day, very dependable for, for our players. They know what they're gonna get. They're gonna get energy, they're gonna get accountability, mm -hmm. they're gonna get structure, and they're gonna get support. And I'm gonna bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. The roster is gonna be built. There are gonna be some guys that are here. There are gonna be some guys that are not. What kind of impact do you have and say do you have in player personnel decisions like a Madison Bumgarner that's a free agent? What kind of decisions and what, what kind of say do you have? One of the things that was really helpful in this process was knowing how Farhan Zaidi works. Um, and because I had the opportunity to work with him in LA um, for, for three years as the farm director of the Dodgers, as he was the general manager of the Dodgers. And so what I, what I witnessed is that he makes decisions he makes a final decision, obviously, on roster construction, mm -hmm. but he also does so in a collaborative way and asking a lot of questions and learning as much as he can and uh, acquiring feedback. So obviously, Farhan is responsible for creating the roster on the mm -hmm. field. At the same time, I think he's going to, I sense that he's going to ask for my opinion, my feedback, and um, take it seriously just like I do his feedback. Would you like to have Madison Bumgarner back? <laughs> Of course. I mean, who wouldn't want to have Madison Bumgarner as uh, a starting pitcher in your rotation? He's one of the, the greatest pitchers in San Francisco Giants history, and he's won huge games and is um, adored by fans and, and is one of the more tremendous competitors in baseball. I don't think there's a, 
manager uh, out there that wouldn't want to have Man Madison Bumgarner in his, in his rotation. This ballpark, we talked about the possible changes. Do you know exactly what they're doing out there in right center and how that's going to change things here? I don't have e exact <laughs> specifications at yeah. this point. Um, I, I do know that um, the bullpens were moved to, to make the, the ballpark safer. Okay. And I think that's, that's the most important thing. Um, a lot of what you talked about and was addressed was trust. How do you gain the trust of the fans with some of the things that have happened in your past and also with the players on, on some of the issues that you talked about inside? Yeah, no, I think, I think you don't earn the trust of, of people in a press conference or in one conversation or five conversations. It happens over a long period of time. Um, it happens over sometimes several years. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, one of the things that I'll fall back on is that in Philadelphia uh, and, and in Los Angeles, um, as time went on, the, the fan base trusted me more and the players trusted me a little bit more. And I certainly had some, some, um, some challenges mm -hmm. along the way, but uh, the, the front office in Philadelphia, the players in Philadelphia, they, they really learned to trust me because they saw, they saw my work ethic day in and day out. Uh, they, they saw that I was willing to walk the walk and, and um, do what I set out to do. And I think that's the most important thing you can do to, to earn the trust of people is to, is to walk the walk. You talked about this city and, and some of the fun of walking it and eating. Yeah. You're still in good shape, look like you can play today, but how do you avoid uh, some of the uh, the food out there? I mean, there's yeah. some good places to go out here. I, I try not to avoid them. I try to, <laughs> I try to dig in. And yeah. um, so, you know, I, I love I love pizza. I love ice cream. I love, um, I love you know, a glass of scotch at the right time. Yeah. Um, and so I explore, like, that, how do I do it? I like, I, I love, I love the experiences that, that food has to offer. And I explore a city through its food. Mm -hmm. um, I learn about the culture through the food that's prepared in, in, in various restaurants. And I talk to people in supermarkets and, you know, talk to people in coffee shops and learn as much as I can about, um, you know, where, where they source their beans by, by, by way of example. I'm just, I've always been fascinated by food. It's, it's a part of me. Um, sensory experiences, food, music, um, coffee, like yeah. things like that. What's something we don't know about you that hasn't been addressed or is a fun fact about Gabe Kapler? Um, I put me on the spot a little bit. Um, Curveball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I talked a little bit about it in, in, my, in my press conference, but I think one thing that is important to know about me is um, I, I really care a lot about people and I, I am passionate about baseball and I'm passionate about competing between the lines and I'm passionate about winning every single day and even some of winning conversations individually but i don't think that that is more passionate than than i am about developing people and and working to to develop people this division the dodgers have kind of been the kings for the last uh, better part of a decade yeah. here how do you overtake the dodgers and get you know in the nl west is very competitive and teams that are coming up and, and getting this ballpark full and and the vibe that we know that they had in the early 2010 situation yeah i mean i think that my my job is always to get every last drop of of talent and energy and enthusiasm of the players i believe if if we stay committed to that goal and when i say we i'm talking about the people who are under the clubhouse roof every single day day in and day out um, over time we will develop a a perennial contender a foundation that can support sometimes injuries sometimes poor performance um, because there's another line of defense behind that that first layer uh, that will compete in the National League West every single year, year in and year out. I think Farhan Zaidi is one of the more um, aggressive, intelligent, and um, competent executives in the game. Uh, part of the reason I'm here is because I believe so strongly in his ability. Uh, I think Scott Harris is one of the best young executives in the game as well. 
Um, I, I learned a lot about him through the interview process. So I think that the leadership is in place. Um, and I think that those guys are going to go out and get tremendous talent. Lastly, you talked about the honor of being one of 30 yeah. men in the world that yeah. have this job, the, the iconic Giants jersey. Yeah, um, iconic. What, what does it mean to you to wear, to wear this uniform, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the San Francisco Giants, and yeah. be the manager of this ball club? A lot. You know, it's, it's hard to put into words. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't come easily. Like, to wear this uniform and to put on this hat, um, it, it's humbling. And, yeah, certainly it's, it's one of 30, but it's not just one of 30. It's the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Um, and... And the, and the history of this franchise and the support of, of this fan base. It's a lot of, it's, a, it's some pressure and I love that pressure to, to live up to being a great leader in this town and, and I'm excited to take that on. Gabe Kapler, thanks for your time. Thanks. Opening day spring training, that's all really, really soon. Embracing the pressure, there's going to be a ton of pressure right from the jump. I mean, I would make the case the honeymoon is already over. I mean, it's proven from day one uh, what's unfair is that you look at the roster and you go, okay, I mean, wh what are you doing here? And that's where you got to look back to Farhan Zaidi and say, okay, who are we bringing in as free agents? What are we doing in terms of development? I think Farhan did a good job last year in terms of, you know, we saw his style. Nobody really knew what to expect in terms of the tinkering and bringing guys in. It was kind of like on-the-job tryouts where, okay, uh, we'll try you for a couple of weeks. No, all right, get out of here. I'm terrible. Right? This guy, <laughs> you're out. You're out. <laughs> and 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 so he they they ended up finding a couple of of gems in the process. And so is that the approach that you do for year two? And how does Kapler fit in with all that and the development? Uh, it remains to be seen. The one thing I'll say um, to support him is that I thought he did an excellent job of keeping his composure while many were taking shots at him. Because not everybody can do that. I mean, you're, you're standing up there and you're waiting to be ridiculed. You know it's coming. And it would be easy for somebody to just lose it. So he showed some sense of composure in his first major public appearance as a San Francisco Giant. I have to give him credit for that. I thought you were going to say he's really, really good looking. <laughs> that didn't, did no, not think that didn't about register. that. I didn't think about that at uh, all. You know what, though? Let's say... And we we're He's not in shape. This. I we're know not that. saying this, but if none of this stuff happened in 2015 in the Dodgers organization, none of it. If this was just a baseball guy with a 500 record that got hired to be the new manager for the Giants, he still would have impossibly huge shoes to fill. Well, in okay. the absence of Bruce Bochy, okay, he's but, already up against it, even without all this. But stuff. let me point one thing out: when Bruce Bochy was hired. You know, he was coming off a tenure with the Padres where the Padres didn't even want to keep him. I mean, he was just, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And Brian Sabian said, what, Bruce Boach, he's available. Let's sit down for dinner immediately. Immediately hired him. But Boach wasn't the guy that was met with overwhelming praise from the jump. It's sort of like, really? And now, obviously, three World Series, a future Hall of Famer, beloved in the community. So maybe as Boach told Kapler, you get better the second time around. You can look at Bill Belichick and say, yeah. well, complete. Well, it wasn't total failure with the Cleveland Browns. The Browns were a mess as But do you even think Browns when you think no, Bill Belichick? No, but, but, but look, mean, at, look at his. He you can create a new legacy. He, he, he learned a lot with Cleveland and maybe what not to do and obviously now regarded as maybe the best coach in NFL history. I don't know that Kapler is going to hit that level of success, but 
a little bit more experience, and certainly in Philadelphia, where you're going to get ridiculed every single day. It's a lot day. more chill out it's, here. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. But second time around, maybe uh, will be better for him and for the Giants. I still think it comes down to who are your players out on the field. You have any guys who can hit? Yeah, and I think that's the thing where we're talking pressure, we're talking big shoes to fill, we're talking all these past discretions. He has to prove he's learned and move on. The roster's not great, and we know that, and we know this is a rebuilding team. So I think really once he starts getting into the actual baseball of the matter, you're going to see that there's going to be a lot of pressure off too because no one's expecting this team to win a World Series this year. It's not, it's not win or bust. No, but I think every decision he makes will be more closely watched, scrutinized, ridiculed, especially with respect to the analytics. And if it looks like it's just Farhan controlling the strings of the puppet, and that's what this has turned into, I, unless you're winning, you know, if you have that scenario and you're winning a lot of games, I, I think people go, okay, well, whatever, that's the new style. If, if that's what's going on when you have Bruce Bochy as the reference point where he was managing from feel and gut and his affinity for the players, uh, you know, it's, it's, that worked, so we know that worked. If this doesn't work, then, then it's going to be a rough, a rough ride. Especially if next year Bruce Bochy ends up becoming oh, a manager for a whole other team. That's a whole other story. Because, that, you know, he stepped away from the game, but now he's telling Henry Shulman that he wants to make another go at it. Well, and apparently this was not a secret. No. Based on some of the folks that we talked to within the Giants organization that uh, while they were giving this farewell tour and happy retirement, uh, in Bochy's mind it was more like maybe step away for a year, give Farhan the chance to hire his own guy, and then he can resurface in another situation. Um, that's going to be the ultimate in awkward um, do you give back the gifts? Do you have yeah, to give back so all the wine, if, or how does that if work? If a Hall of Fame manager spent a whole year-long retirement tour under the guise of retiring just so you could bring in Gabe Kapler, Oof. only to then find out that he was never really retiring in the first place, just trying to make an amicable split to save face for the Giants, if, if you fr- he starts coming a little questionable. If you frame it that way, it, it looks really bad. But isn't and then, it that? And then with all the baggage on top of it, it's like, what are these so guys this doing? Has, this hire has to go well for them. It, well, there's so much pressure. They've had optics problems lately. And how would you like to be Scott Harris? Right, he's the he's the new GM. He's like 32 years old. Well, he's, if I was 32 and I was a GM, I'd be pretty happy. I know, no but he's just walked into this buzzsaw. Like, hey, what about let's go, guys? First <laughs> Did anyone day. ask him a question? I know, he was just like, conference? well, this, had to be sitting there going, this is the longest press conference I've oh, ever seen. Um, so, yeah, wrap it up. Your final thoughts on Kapler? I see why people are upset. I think he didn't handle things well. I think that people do deserve second chances. And I think that for what he could be for the Giants, a communicator, a motivator, a guy that <laughs> writes blogs about sun tanning your nether regions, uh, he <laughs> could be an interesting hire. Uh, <laughs> but I could see this going either way. They really need this to work. More pressure on Kapler or Zaidi? Wow. Uh, honestly, more pressure on Zaidi. He's the man in charge now. I he agree. has to deliver at this point. And if this goes completely sideways, these are his decisions. Yeah, we'll see what the Giants do. What what's the product that they put out on the field? How does Kapler relate to the veteran players that the Giants have? And who supported him? And right, Posey felt compelled to even show up to the press right. conference. He supported and Ron so Wotus. I think one of the things they did that was really intelligent was bringing back Ron Wotus, who will coach at third base. I mean, he's one of those glue guys in the organization. And an insurance policy, if 
you need somebody else to manage you. Well, him, that's least. that too. But I also think it's it, he is a good resource for Kapler to be able to go to and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm not sure how to approach this guy. What makes him tick? How do I how, how do I connect with some players that that maybe I'm unsure of?" And uh, you know, Wotus can be that guy that because he has such great history with the players and the organization and, and total respect from everybody, he can help Gabe Kapler. Kind of a weird deal where. It's the job that Wotus wanted that goes to somebody else, and now it's his responsibility to make the other guy successful. Those are always kind of weird situations in life and in sports. So we, that's another thing to watch for. <laughs> Many layers to this. this is, it's, we're peeling, as Harbaugh would say, we're peeling back layers of the onion, and there's just we, all we have is more layers and more layers and more layers. That is the life of the San Francisco Giants as we sit here in 2019. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. The digital video content series is available on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, the television. We also show this on TV, too. Yeah, we do. We do. So, anyways, we'll have much more. We took a little lull. We're back. A little seasonal gap. We're back. We're, we're going to plow through the holidays uh, with a lot of momentum and uh, and a lot of guests coming. Tons as, of guests. As well. I know I've said this before, 30 times before. Giveaways of stuff you want. It's all on the way. Legal. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> With authority.